Also on the show, we like to put you up on artists that you should know from various countries, whether it's in the U.S., the U.K., China, wherever. There's a whole world out there of music, and we're going to do what we can here to be that window for you. I'm your host, TJ Reed, and joining me on the show today is Yoon Chi. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me, Tony. It's a pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. And today, I've got a very, very special and uh, iconic and magical star I want to put you all up on today. And for those of you listening that are big fans of this star, this will be easy peasy, all right? But I'll try to keep it a little bit cryptic until it's time to guess. So, all right, so let's get right to it. So, fact number one. According to Biography.com, a U.S. biographical info database, and Music in Minnesota, which is another pop star fact site, this star had a number of really interesting aliases. Some of which included, okay, Alexander Nevermind, <laughs> The Kid, The Minneapolis Midget, and Skipper. <laughs> Wait. I wonder where this musician got his name, um, this alias. There's all kinds of, I mean, I'm sure, and there's a lot more names that this person has. And these kind of aliases are kind of cool. I feel like I had a few growing up. I mean, I had, um, uh, of course, <laughs> TJ, uh, Jam, which is short for Jamal. And, um, of course, my friends would call me Tony Tone. Tony Tone. Tony Tone. And then there was one that I didn't really like so much, but they would call me Goldie. And this was back when I was in, like, a freshman in high school. And I was shorter than most of the guys in school. And I used to, you know, have a, you know, I cut my hair off really bald and my, you know, shiny bald. So it sounds like Goldie is a an, an alias for <laughs> someone that's rather short. <laughs> no, it's from it's from a really famous uh, Hollywood film called The Golden Child. It's, ah. a, it's an Eddie Murphy movie. It's a comedy, and there was this uh, kid from China or somewhere, and he was like, um, you know, he was a monk, so his head was bald, and so a lot of people when they saw him, they thought, oh, it looks like you know TJ. And so they oh, would from the favorite movie that I know. <laughs> And speaking of aliases, uh -huh. I remember I was called Fei Zai. <laughs> Fei Zai. Fei Zai. What does that mean? Fat boy. Oh, no. <laughs> I think in the American culture, that's actually a kind of a no-no. Well, yeah. To call somebody. Fatso or fatty or... That's offensive, right? Of course. That's like uh, bullying. I mean, you hear that every day and you grow up feeling insecure and maybe you might even like start beating people up that didn't affect you in a negative way i mean you just took that like took that on the chin like oh yeah that's right well healthily <laughs> to a healthy adult but no actually no because you know what fade side or fat boy is mm -hmm. actually one of the it's actually one of the most common aliases in china wow well people joke about maybe in every class or among your friend's circle, yeah. everyone will have a friend that's called Fei Zai. <laughs> but how does that guy feel? How does that affect his, per you know, his personality, his development, his self-esteem? I guess I think it's a cultural thing because 
when people call others 肥仔、mm-hmm. I think they're just referring to him as a little bit chubby and cute, rather than trying to insult him and put his self-esteem down. Interesting. So yeah. It's, so it's not negative then. Yeah. It, so, so someone can call you Faisai, and you just kind of nod your head like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm Faisai." <laughs> well, I wasn't particularly <laughs> proud of this alias, <laughs> but I was. I'm pretty okay with it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's interesting. You know, different parts of the world, different apparently nicknames different. or insults have a different different ring to it. I guess yeah, seems like it. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Fact number two. All right, according to Wikipedia, like a lot of height challenge stars at that time, such as Michael J. Fox,、uh, Robin Williams, Tom Cruise, this musician was five foot two inches or one hundred and fifty-seven centimeters tall. So that's a bit short for a guy. <laughs> bit short, and for this reason, he wore heels on and off the stage to kind of combat this. And、uh, Uh, according to、uh, Wikipedia, his shoe size was a women's six, or in in China, I think that's a、uh, size thirty six. That's pretty small as well. Pretty small. I'm forty two. Pretty forty two. But you're a men in men size. Yes. So for women size, he was a size thirty six. So really, really small feet. But check this out. Despite his stature. He was a very talented basketball player, playing on one of the、uh, the best high school teams in his state. Wow! Yeah, for his height. Yeah, and he was playing in the basketball match. That's was, right. Was he playing well? Well, obviously. I mean, I would imagine he was a point guard. You know, so he was really fast and obviously Iverson that type. Apparently, at that level,、um, I would imagine. But、uh, yeah, I I used to play basketball. All right, so I'm. I know how competitive I was, and I hated losing. And I would do anything to win. And if I was losing, if I was playing against somebody that was like half my height, and they beat me in a game, I don't know if I'd be able to handle it. So <laughs> I think it's gonna be very sour if you get beaten by someone. Hey, but that's that's the misconception, man. A lot of people think that short guys can't ball, but they can. I mean, if anybody if anybody knows、uh, Muggsy Bogues, he's one of the shortest basketball players ever, and he was. He was a legend out there in terms of、uh, ball handling skills. So、hmm. short guys can ball. Well, I wasn't short, but I wasn't tall either.、Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was playing basketball as well during high school. Yeah, yeah. And I was a pretty good point guard as well. Oh, you played the point guard? <laughs> yeah,、huh? I was trying to. I mean, copy the moves from. Iverson. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson.、Yeah. Yes, that's him. And <laughs> me too. And I used to throw like some of the people, the defenders on the ground by with my like awesome moves. You said、stuff. throw them on the ground or trip them up or trip them up. That's the that's the word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, But, I'm about to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think in high school, doing sport or playing basketball is generally in Chi- I mean in Chinese schools, the guys who play basketball are the ones that are popular. Among the girls.、Mm, okay, so、sure. now, now, now I know why you were playing basketball back in the day, right? Just, just <laughs> no, trying, but trying to get up with the ladies. I、right? get. I don't know. <laughs> I never thought about it. Yeah.、Uh, maybe part of me was trying to. I don't know. But that was the first reason you brought up. That was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the reason why I brought it up because there was this guy and he was super cool, super handsome. I mean, super handsome when he was playing basketball,、mm. and he super was, handsome when he was playing basketball. That's how we would phrase in Chinese. Like, yeah, you know, I've、try. heard that. Yeah, you say、um, he out here. I've noticed that 
a lot of guys are not ashamed or they're not shy to say that another guy is handsome. But, ah, but like, where, 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 okay, I, where I, I'm from, I'm already know. hearing implications here. <laughs> but say it. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you're getting at. Yeah, right. It's it's got a certain appeal. It's got a a, a fly look to it when people so, are. Playing. Yeah, so he's got a style yeah. when he's playing basketball. And back then, he was dating the cutest girl in okay. our class. So that's that image you have in your mind, right? So like, okay. So if I play ball like this guy, then I can get someone get... like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I think that confirms my assumption. Yeah. That, that was your motivation behind and... basketball. <laughs> all right. So fact number three, and this is according to the Musician Wave, another musician uh, information database. This musician was a lyrical machine, writing more than writing more songs than the Beatles. He had a catalog of more than six hundred songs. I, I, that's incredible. I, I can't. Hmm. I didn't. I had no idea that anybody had that much passion to write six hundred songs. And also on his debut album, he sang all the vocals by himself and played twenty-seven instruments. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's. I think that's also something that um, not a lot of musicians uh, normally do. You said twenty-seven so, instruments. Twenty-seven instruments. So that's that's a lot. Yeah, it took me how many years? I started learning guitar at in two thousand thirteen, and mm. it's been eight years, and I'm still on an amateur level. <laughs> so he's probably multi times twenty seven. I mean, eight times twenty seven. So he's probably over a hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> If he's at your skill set, right? <laughs> well, yeah, Zins, <laughs> you got me. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to fact number four. So. He produced the soundtrack of a very famous Hollywood blockbuster, where his music was played throughout. However, the reasoning behind doing the soundtrack for the film was actually a little bit sneaky, and the reason was because he had a crush on the film's female lead, and this was Kim Basinger,、huh. and they actually ended up dating for about a year. And this、um, this artist had a very impressive,、um, I guess you could say, dating history. Apparently he、uh, dated、uh, Madonna, he、mm. dated、uh, Carmen Electra, and Anna Fantastic, and the list goes on and on. So, <laughs> but he successfully pulled it off. But it's just interesting. Like I'm gonna get involved in a project because obviously I want my music to be in the movie. I want my obviously my legacy to. Uh, to expand, but it's like no. Actually, I'm just I have the. I'm just、hots. here for a lady. Yeah, I just have the hots for the you know the main actress. So, <laughs> but do you remember I was playing basketball? Sort of. I wasn't playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's I mean,、right. I wasn't playing basketball for that purpose. <laughs> Same purpose.、So、no,、I'm, I think you understand exactly、no. what this guy. <laughs> no, that wasn't my purpose. My purpose was very pure because I liked basketball. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I started playing music. After college,、oh. and the music part—I mean, the music experience—has actually got me. I mean, sort sort of admired or a little bit popular among. I mean, so are、things. any of these passions that you've done intrinsic, or are they all mainly <laughs> for, for exterior purposes?、Uh, gaming, gaming—that's only for bros. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not nowadays. A lot of ladies are getting involved in gaming as well. But yeah, really interesting fact here. 
So, moving on, we're going to go to fact number five, and this is according to the Huffington Post. While renting an NBA star's home, okay, and he rented it for about 70,000 American dollars per month, all right? So, while he was staying there, he ended up dyeing the foundation of the house purple, and he made renovations to this person's house. Ah. He knocked down some of the walls of this house, and then he converted the gate into something with more something that was more symbolic for himself. So obviously when the um, you know when the basketball player saw his home, he got really angry and he was about to quote beat him down. <laughs> but then the musician handed him a check of around a million dollars. And the basketball player was happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But isn't that just I mean this is just a, a, a incredible uh, story. I mean, who would think to do that? I mean, for me, I mean, when I rent a place, yeah, I that's mean, true. Obviously, I I maintain it. You keep I it the same it. way as it is. Well, yeah, because it's not mine, and I'm there, and I have to keep it clean, obviously, because I'm living there. But I'm not going to kind of go off the handle and re- redecorate it and even put my... wreck some even wreck some part down. Well, yeah, add an extra room or break a wall down or anything like that because. I mean, obviously, I got to give this thing back, and I don't want to pay the deposit. And I don't, but apparently, I mean, if you could pay a million dollar deposit, I guess you could do what you want. He dyed the foundation in purple. Yeah, and didn't you say that he also got an alias? I mean, <laughs> well, that's one part that we understand, but the other part, uh, you know. oh, he pro- he probably got this alias from like a young younger age. Possibly, I don't know. So. Not sure. We don't. We don't have the details on that. Exactly. Well, I have fact. Now I have fact four point five for you. His favorite <laughs> color is purple. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, I think that goes a little bit further than that. I know, yeah, it's further. It's further, but it's kind of like similar. It's got similar similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really interesting um, <laughs> background for this uh, musician. I hope I'm drawing a clearer picture for those of you out there listening. And if you're a hardcore fan, you probably already know who I'm talking about. And if you don't know, this fact should bring you closer to your conclusion. Here's a question for you. Think you know all there is to know about some of your top music celebs? Think again. We'll find out on Pop News. The trivia music show of your favorite pop stars. Tune into the conversation and discover some fun and shocking details about some of the world's household names in music. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Fact number six. After a dispute with his record label, he changed his name to an unpronounceable glyph, possibly. I'm not even sure. It's not even a word. It's more of a glyph, okay, to continue to do music his way. And he would talk about this person, this individual in the third person, like it wasn't him. So it was really interesting. So, the, you know, obviously for a lot of these record uh, label contracts are really, really uh, invasive and they control a lot of stars. You know, like your name belongs to the company and the music, everything that you do belongs to them. So that happened to another musician in China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think and they created another persona. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think one musician was actually abandoning her. I think it was a her. Uh-huh. Yeah. She was abandoning her, uh, her name. 
because I think it's sort of like the copyright with label, right. and she's like sort of like ending her contract, and she needs to get another name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think because again, the the company owns your music and your name, which can be really.、Um, It can be really tough for a lot of people if they want to move on, if they have creative differences or whatever. You, you kind of feel like you're a slave to this record label,、okay. and this musician actually wrote the word "slave" on his face when he would do certain concerts. Like, how did he write it? He was just wrote it in with like a like a pen or、okay. something very visible where fans can. I、see. was almost thinking a tattoo, like. No, no, no. no he no. Did, he didn't tattoo it in, but he he would you know had this um this word on his face, so when he would perform, people would see like. What he's dealing with, and so I think、wow. the, the record label eventually、That's、got so,、strong. yeah, it got so、um, I guess uncomfortable because it was really clear that he had a you know a huge beef with this、uh, company. They ended up、um, backing away and ended up、uh, canceling the contract. Was he able to keep his original name at the end? Eventually, he was able to, but I think he kind of—I mean—he has so many aliases as we kind of went over before. <laughs> but this was.、Uh, <laughs> If I were him, I'm gonna pick Purple Perv. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Yunchia, we're learning a lot about you on this episode. <laughs> all right, so the moment of truth. Okay, so from all the information that I've given, who would you say this musician is? Well, you know me. I think I'm gonna ask for fifty fifty or phone a friend for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> prospects don't sound very good, huh? All right, well, give it a try. Um, well, it's not Ashiran. <laughs> um, it's not Stevie Wonder. <laughs> And he was playing. He was almost performing with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you talked about a comedy show from. The early two thousand, yeah, off the mic. <laughs> <laughs>、mm. Oh, the one played in black, Men in Black. Men in Black. You mean Will Smith? Yeah, Will Smith. <laughs> Because he was in a comedy show as well, and as far as I know, he can probably sing as well. Okay, well, let's hear what the judges have to say about that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that. Wasn't the right answer. The musician actually is Prince. Ah. So, a seven-time Grammy winner, Prince had a prodigious output in his musical career. He was also featured in Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World, and he earned a Lifetime Achievement Award from BET Awards. And also, the New York Times described him as a master architect of funk, rock, R and B, and yes, pop. Sir, yeah, I should have guessed that because my favorite song from him is "Take a Guess." Uh, what? Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah, he was. He became a well-known、uh, visual icon with his trademark、uh, curls. I mean, his hair was just、Purple? supernatural. Okay, and、uh, you know he had flowing jackets, and he had this really androgynous、uh, style. And、uh, in in the early 2000s, there was a really famous、uh, TV show called The Chappelle Show, and they did a, a spoof of him that was like really really famous, where he was had this amazing basketball skills, and he beat you know、oh, Ch- so、Charlie Charlie Murphy, which is Prince、Murphy's、was short.、Brother. Yeah, he was really super short.、Oh, okay. But he was able to play amazing basketball, and he beat a lot of people. Even though they would, they look at him and they think that 
he doesn't look like an athlete because of the way he dresses and his height and obviously he wears the heels and all of that <laughs> so <laughs> they would tease him for it but then when they play him in basketball he would beat them all but well, what are your favorite songs from prince i'm glad you asked that question yunchi i'm actually going to play a couple of tracks of my personal favorite from prince first up i got kiss followed by when doves cry check it out Thank <laughs> you. 
kiss. Prince with When Doves Cry. And I believe his music will live on forever. Do you know that Jessie J, she actually came over to China to attend um, TV sh- music show.、Hmm. And she did a cover of Purple Rain. That's when I started to know this awesome song. And、okay. Prince as well. And that's what I mean. He lives on. You know, the you know, covers and. And、uh, just these,、uh, well, shows like this, they kind of keep this kind of music alive and these musicians alive. Right. So, yeah, that's just one more service that we offer here. <laughs>
Right. Exactly. It's time for another hidden gem from the All lesser right. known group. All right. That's what's up. So who do you have for us today? She's an iconic female singer for jazz in China. Mm, okay. So she's not particularly a fan of her most popular songs. Okay. She's quite famous for her lazy, husky, and deep voice. It's lazy, like, deep, and husky voice. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I think that's actually how you would normally describe a jazz singer. <laughs> <laughs> So when I hear her music, I picture myself sitting in a chilly winter afternoon and sipping a warm cup of tea while I play this iconic song from her, which is called "True." Check it out.
that track really popular back in the day i think the the, the band's name is uh spandau something ballet ballet yeah something ballet yeah I, i think her rendition was really nice very beautiful it's indeed beautiful and i actually never heard the original song the first time i heard the tune is mm. actually through her cover oh man that's probably the better place to hear it i think And actually, that's how this singer, this female singer, got famous. She got famous by doing covers of classic, I mean, the classic English songs. Okay. And no, that's that's the way to do it. There's some, there's a lot, quite a few musicians that got famous from doing covers. I can think of one uh, nowadays. Uh, his name is uh, Michael Bublé. And yes. This guy, he sang a lot of the classics from you know Sinatra and you know Nat King Cole and I some like of the, the greats. Yeah, I like his music too. But yeah, again from covers, you know, and it's just like, oh wow, you know, this song is so beautiful. And then you look into it, and there's, uh, you know, it's a cover from some other stars that you should know as well. So. And it's always a nice touch to sort of like innovate to bring some like new inspiration into the old classics. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would use the word innovate, but it is nice <sighs> to put a your own touch on something to yes. give it a different appeal and make it a part of you, and that I think that's something that's special and it takes a lot of effort to do. Indeed. Yeah. Would you call this cover? Do you can do you think it's kind of like a jazz song? This one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure how to. I would name it. it. I would probably call it the pop jazz. Pop jazz, <laughs> Pop all right. Jazz. Yeah. So when this singer got famous, actually in 2018, mm. through her first album of cover songs, and she was so by her the label that she was working with,、mm. they were trying to kind of package hit her to make her as the Chinese version of Nora Jones. Oh, okay. <laughs> or in Chinese, it's actually more famous to. Call her the Chinese version of Lisa Ono. Lisa Ono. Yeah, it's a singer from Japan. Right, right. Or Nora Jones. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Nora Jones too. So I think that's why this musician appealed、uh, to me. 
you know, because it's just this this type of genre. You know, it's not just Nora Jones. It's, it's a huge genre behind her, you know, Billy Sunday and Ella Fitzgerald, you know, some of the old greats that inspired a lot of these newer Would musicians. Would you describe them using the same three words that I used on her? Lazy, husky. No, that, that lazy, I wouldn't say lazy. That's not that's not the right word. Oh, that's, another, that's probably another <laughs> translation problem. Like from the Chinese <laughs> word shy maybe. to handsome. Okay. Uh, yeah, because in Chinese, we would call this kind of voice maybe a little bit like laid back or... Okay, laid back. Laid back. That's... A better word. Yeah, it's lazy. Better to... translation. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Fact number two. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if you, could, if you can hear from the first cover that we played from her, but her major influences in her music were from some video game soundtracks, which include... Castlevania, what? Castlevania, Castlevania. Zelda, wow. and Mario series. And the Mario series. Wow, that's incredible. I don't hear any of those influences, <laughs> at, at least not in that song that we heard. You know, so it would be nice to hear more of her music because now I'm more intrigued because I used to play Castlevania. <laughs> I used to, play, and I, I loved the music that was played in Castlevania, actually. It's from and, uh, the very old model of gaming, the, the household yeah, gaming device. Right, right. I mean, and that's how I played it. So now I'm like, okay, I want to hear some Zelda. I want to hear some Mario Brothers. But as uh, a jazz, as a jazzy style musician, I just don't see how you could combine the two. So, but yeah. actually, the theme song from Mario series is is very jazzy. No way. Dun, 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 dun. That, that's not jazzy that's at all, not jazzy dude. no but i mean the the, the, the nice try yeah but the soundtracks from these video games they have influenced a lot of people for for their like special the, the mm. very classic tunes that they made for these games interesting yeah i mean again i'm i'm a huge fan of the old the old gaming devices and cap you know i used to have the nintendo and the super nintendo uh, yeah. and then you know the nintendo 64 and the playstations and all of that and um to me it isn't it didn't sound jazzy at all it just had a appeal okay. and its own sound so yeah. yeah i mean again if that's where she got her inspiration from that's pretty <laughs> awesome have you heard the game called devil may cry devil may cry yeah i used to play it. that's that's more of a horror like action style game again it's actually there's no jazz style. in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, but i'm actually talking about the the influences yeah. from the gaming soundtracks mm. yeah because devil may cry actually got me interested into metal rock Mm, okay yeah because yeah. they incorporate that into the game the beat the background music right when but, you're slashing the demons yeah that, that matches okay because you know there's there's violence going on so you have this you know uh, metal has this kind of nature to it but yeah and again i'm still surprised that this the musician that we just heard has been influenced by video game soundtracks <laughs> yeah that's just yeah i don't hear mario at all in the, in the ring sorry yep <laughs> Think you know everything there is to know about your favorite music celebs? We'll find out on Pop Muse. The trivia music show of your favorite pop stars. Okay, now let's move on to fact number three. Okay. So, just like how I introduced her before we play the first cover, after she got famous... She was uh, she was actually not happy with the songs that got her popular. Okay. Yeah, because she said in the interview 
that the original comparison between Nora Jones was actually the idea from her father and her label. Okay. Because they probably thought that's a better way to promote her. Oh,、uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not good. I mean, I think most artists want to be respected and looked upon as an individual and have their own essence in what they're doing, and to kind of put somebody up. Next to someone else when they're just starting out, you're gonna get a lot of judgment from that. I mean, yeah, you might get some、um, attention, and I think that's why it was done to kind of get the attention and to、uh, get people to at least look at this artist. But then again, people will also compare, and then you know, and yeah, again, we want to be individuals. We want to be unique. And having someone tell you like you're a different version、yeah. of someone else, then it doesn't give you. It robs you of your creativity as an artist. Yeah. So starting from the year 2011, that which was three years、uh-huh. after she got famous by doing cover songs in jazz, and she was trying to become someone different. And the album that her, she released in 2013,、mm-hmm. a lot of her fans actually thought there was something wrong with their ears, because the, the the songs included in that album are like electro or oh wow punk. Okay. <laughs> yes, can you can, can you imagine like Nora Jones singing punk? Well, see again. You're you're giving her that comparison again. So I'm sure if she was listening to this program, she'd be really upset. <laughs> But yes, I mean, I could, I get it. I mean, I think that punk music is、uh, kind of the go-to sound for a lot of、uh, young stars that are kind of going against the grain. They had this、uh, spirit of rebelliousness in them, and yeah, maybe that first album wasn't really something that. She wasn't really representing herself as a musician. She was kind of being kind of like pushed along by a record label and possibly, you know, family. But this album was more her, and this was kind of like a revenge track or、uh, revenge album, trying to so, be herself. To be herself, yeah. So I, I think that uh, it's uh, understandable. Yeah, and I really and I really have huge respect for this musician that I'm introducing because she was trying to to shake off the older self、mm. and shake off. The old fans that that were attracted to her by her older jazzy music. Oh, yeah, and、oh, so she did that deliberately.、Huh? Yeah, so she did that. She did that deliberately. So in her later concerts, there were fans who bought the ticket to listen to the, the jazzy music,、mm-hmm. and they were de- they were calling on her to, to to do the older jazzy songs, which. She refused to. Oh wow! <laughs> and some of them got angry. Of course, of course. And I really take my hat off of her, even though I don't wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's I I do respect her for that. But I guess sometimes people probably have to sort of like make compromises with the reality because on the music apps, yeah, her most popular songs are still the、her、ones.、Covers. Yeah, from the、covers. jazzy covers. Well, yeah, I think she. It might be good to understand that she is a musician, and people are still still love her music. And、um, as a musician who's、um, you know that has appeal, you can also accept the fact that that's still your song, it's still your music, and、uh, be able to at least share that to to people. I mean, if that's what people love. Then I think if they really love you as an artist, they will follow your music, whatever it is. But I mean, if they if they like something that you did in the past that you weren't that you know <laughs> proud of, but just as a musician, I mean, you still kind of want to. Your fans are are make you who you are, really. I mean, they're a big part of it. 
So that's the difficult compromise to make. Yeah, and it's always sad that the artists, the celebrities, singers, everyone, everyone in front of the camera, they normally they would often put on a different mask in front、mm. of the camera, and not just the camera. I mean, microphone included. But、yes. I mean, like TJ, are you the true self in front of this microphone? Well, I think when people hear me, they probably hear pretty much say what's on my mind and how I feel. And I mean, I, I try to clean up my language, of course, and my,、um, my you know, the way that I、huh. present. But I, I'm I'm being me. But it's it's unfortunate that you do have a lot of people who are unable to really be themselves in in their work. And you know, for a little while, it's okay, but eventually, it wears you down. Yeah, and,、uh, I mean, same same here. I'm also being the true self, but I guess that's probably part of the reason that why we are not famous. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah. There are people who get famous being themselves, but yes, there is a period. There's a an adjustment period where we have to kind of、um, go through the motions. Yeah, to, to meet up the expectations、yeah. from the crowd while maintaining your tune persona. That's a there's a balance that's involved there, and sometimes that's a bit hard for people to you know. To yeah,、keep. well said. <laughs> Think you know everything there is to know about your favorite music celebs? We'll find out on Pop Muse, the trivia music show of your favorite pop stars. And let's move on to the fact number four, which is the last one、right. today from her. She is in the same line of business as us. Really, she has her own podcast shows. It's called the Dark Forest. Dark Forest. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be called I Hate Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so in this podcast, Dark Forest, and she's trying to review the dark side of human nature through some murder. I mean, real, actual murder cases、mm. and some other dark stories in order to review. The dark side of us. Interesting. Yeah, that seems like a really interesting tangent that this、uh, musician. I know, but is in. this is actually not that a big surprise for me because I feel like she's got a rebellious spirit. Okay. Hidden inside her. I wouldn't say it's hidden,、uh, especially after、uh, the album that you mentioned. It sounds like it's it's not hidden. It's, it's out there. It's there. It's out there. It's in the open. Yeah. Especially when you go to her concert and she tells you, "I'm not singing the song you want." <laughs> <laughs> to hear from me, then yeah, that that's a rebel for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I can actually read the names of some of the episodes from this podcast, Dark Forest, to give you a taste. So there is the true story of Annabelle, the curse of the lottery winner, and I strangle you, you strangle her, she strangle her, and she strangle him. <laughs> wow, very strange indeed. <laughs> Not really what sure to say about that. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can deduce from those topics, but、um, I mean, again, hardcore fans or maybe just people that have an interest in this type of discussion, I think it would be kind of it would be kind of fun. Okay, looks like we are at the end of the facts here today. Okay, Tony, I'm gonna do you a favor. All right, by telling you who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, her name is Joanna Wang. Joanna Wang. And her Chinese name is Wang Ruoling. Okay. And just like most fans,、mm -hmm. my favorite songs from her are still the ones from her earlier times. Really, <laughs> after all we discussed, 
You're yeah. you're one of those fans. I want her to sing. Yeah, the oh, Nora, man. the Nora Jones, <laughs> the Nora Jones version of her, or the jazzy version of the her jazzy music, version right? Version of her, yes. And I'm gonna play another cover from that period,、mm. and it's also a cover of a very classic English song by Don McLean Vincent. Let's hear it. Starry night, paint your palette blue and gray. Look out on a summer's day with eyes that know the darkness in my soul. Shadows on the hills. Sketch the trees. Dappled hills, catch the breeze and winter chills, and colors on the snowy linen land. Now I understand what you try to say. Suffered for your sanity. I tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. Starry, starry night. Flaming flowers that brightly blaze, swirling clouds in violet haze, reflecting Vincent's eyes of china blue, colors changing hue. Morning fields of amber gray, weather. Line of pain, I soothe beneath the artist's loving hand. Now I understand what you try to say to me. You suffered for your sanity. I tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now, for they could not love you. But still, your love was true. And when no hope was left inside. Starry, starry night. You took your life as lovers often do. But I could have told you, Vincent. 
This world was never meant for one as beautiful as you. Starry, starry night. Portraits hung in empty halls. Frameless heads on nameless walls, with eyes that watch the world and can't forget, like the strangers that you've met. Ragged men, ragged clothes, silver thorn of bloody rose, lie crushed and broken on the virgin snow. Now I think I know what you tried to say. Suffered for your sanity. You tried to set them free. They would not listen. They're not listening still. Perhaps they never will. That was Vincent by Joanna Wan. Beautiful. I really like that song. One of my personal favorites, and yeah, a lot of different versions to it. But、um, I like this one. The style is, you know, has a really jazzy feel to it, which I'm a huge fan of. And you know what? I'm just feeling like another cup of warm tea. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening out there, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Pop Muse. I'm your host T.J. Reed, and I am Yunchi, the amateur musician. <laughs> and for those of you listening in, give us a shout out on the comments on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us from. Let us know what musicians that you're feeling and that you think should be on the show. And we hope you enjoyed the program, and we'll see you next time. 